You're listening to The Promised Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Jonathan. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm glad I'm laughing and not crying, because usually I'm doing the later. All right, we're going to just jump in this morning. I'm not going to speak long today because we're going to take communion in just a few moments and uh, want to leave as much time as possible for that. So why don't we just pray for a moment, get our hearts ready to receive this morning. Jesus, we love you. We put our attention fully on you, Lord. God, we, we just want you. Lord, I ask for a hunger to stir in each person's heart today. God, a hunger to pursue you with all that they have, a hunger to know you, and a hunger to contend for all that you paid for on the cross to become reality in their lives. We thank you for your word, Lord. Make us more like you. Let our hearts be open to receive what you have for us today. Let every person here today encounter you in a real and tangible way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelations chapter 3, verse 1, continuing our series today of Letters to the Church. This is part 5 of the series, and it's been amazing. Now I'm just going to jump in and reading Revelations 3, verse 1. This is the letter to the church of Sardis. To the angel of the church in Sardis, write this. He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this. I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen the things that remain, which were about to die. For I have not found your deeds completed in in the sight of my God. So remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments. I thought about titling this message, Don't Poop Your Pants. But I thought against it. Just got to keep a little lighthearted in here. It's been an intense few weeks. Praise the Lord. And they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments and will not erase his, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. We've been on this series for a few weeks now and it has been pretty intense. Uh, you won't go many places where you hear within consecutive weeks talking about rekindling your first love fire with the Lord, talking about persecution, talking about not compromising in any area of your life, in purity or in power, and talking about the spirit of Jezebel. You won't, and we're not saying this to brag, this is just the reality. This has been a pretty intense few weeks. If you're new to our church and you're wondering who we are as a church, uh, I could summarize it for you. It really short and brief. We are an intense tribe. We are an intense tribe of people who are passionate and hungry for Jesus. We are not intense to be trendy. We are not intense to 
appease anybody or try to prove a point or we, that we, because we think that we're super great or special. We are intense because we want to see all that Jesus paid for to become reality in our lives, in our city, in our region, and in the world. We're intense because we're crazy enough to believe that Jesus can actually change the world through us. And holiness demands an expression. When you see God, for who he really is. It demands an expression. It demands hunger. It demands passion. Hunger looks like something. Passion looks like something. When the angels and the 24 elders see God in his holiness, they can't help themselves, but they fall on their faces and cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, over and over and again. Why? Because when you see him, there's expression. Where So I don't apologize for the intensity. I believe that God is actually calling us up. He's calling us up, Promise Church, to be holy as he is holy. He's intensifying our focus. He is rising up a group of warriors that will stomp hell and storm the gates of hell and will see the kingdom of God advance, who are crazy enough to believe him. You'll hear this this, this verse and this the scripture, the rest of this year and into, into next year and throughout next year, but Joshua 3, 5, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow I will do wonders among you. We believe God's calling us deeper. He's taking us into us into, into himself to, to, to purify ourselves so that he can pour out all that he has for us so what Jesus paid for in his blood becomes our reality. We can't stop, we can't settle, we can't compromise for anything less. In saying all of that, if you have questions, if you have concerns, if you have disagreements, if you don't like things that we've talked about the last couple weeks, please come and talk to us. We are here for you. We are not trying to create any us and them thought processes. It is all us together as a family and we're all walking this together. God is challenging us, convicting us, changing us, just like he is you. And we're here for you. If you need to meet for anything, please let, let us know. We're here for you as, as, as pastors, as senior leaders, as elders, as staff. We are here for you. All right? We're not asking you to do something and expect you to do it by yourself. All right. I want to jump into this passage that we just read. In Revelations 3, a subtitle would be The Power of Remembrance. The Power of Remembrance. And I'm only going to really call attention to two main parts of this scripture because of time. There's so much there. Uh, dive into it. Study it for yourselves during the week. Uh, sometimes well, all we have time for on a Sunday is to give you an appetizer. We can't give you the full entree. But that's why you got Monday through Saturday. All right? So I want to, want to call our attention to the, the verse that says, where Jesus says to this church, you have a name or a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen that which remains. It's pretty intense. Here we go. We're just keeping going. I could have titled this The Walking Dead or Spiritual Zombies, but, you know, I just thought we'd leave it with the power of remembrance. Uh, this, this theme is throughout scripture as well. In Matthew 7, Jesus says one of the most sobering, craziest verses in all of the Bible. He says, on that day, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. They will say, well, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we heal the sick? But he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. 
that many of us can have on the outside uh, a reflection of activities and a reflection of a lifestyle that shows that we know Jesus, but on the inside we don't actually know him. On the inside, we're dead bones. On the inside, there's no fruit. There's no life. We don't actually have a walking, breathing, life-giving relationship and connection with Jesus. And this, this is what this is happening here in this church that Jesus addresses. Pastor Aaron preached a, couple, a great uh, two-part series a couple months ago called The Camouflage of Activity. I really encourage you to go back and listen to this. Uh, I believe that there's many of us at times that can have this place of in our lives where on the outside everything looks wonderful, we have a great smile on our face, even our family might look great, but on the inside there's no life. On the inside we're dead spiritually. What this is talking about in this passage is spiritual apathy, a loss of hunger, a loss of appetite for the things of God, a loss of appetite for Him, where you have stopped contending for what Jesus paid for, where you have stopped contending for what Jesus paid for. There's a lack of thankfulness and gratefulness because familiarity has crept in. You've gotten used to the blessings of God. You've gotten used to what he paid for on the cross. You've gotten used to your life and all that he's done for you. And so thankfulness and gratefulness begin to go. Apathy, lack of hunger begins to come. And then all of a sudden, a spiritual slumber sets in. So what I, want to ask, I want to ask you, what areas in your life have you stopped contending in faith for? What areas in your life have you accepted, oh, this is just the way it's going to be for the rest of my life? Oh, I'm just going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. What areas in your life have you stopped contending for. They could be sicknesses. They could be diseases. It could be pain. It could be sin. It could be addictions. Oh, this is just a family trait. Oh, this is just a bad habit, just a weakness. No. He paid with his blood on the cross to eliminate sin and break the power of sin, and he wants to break every generational and family curse off your life. You don't have to live like your daddy. You don't have to live like your mommy or your great-grandmother or anybody in your family life. You have a new DNA. You have a new bloodline. You have been made righteous. You have a divine nature, not prone to sin. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's poverty. Maybe it's depression, anxiety, fear, worry. The Bible's clear. Don't worry about anything. I'm just, you know, a person tend to, that tends to worry. I'm just a worrier. No. Don't tolerate it. Don't be anxious for anything. Maybe it's unsaved family members. Maybe it's Prodigal children who've wandered from the Lord. What areas of your life have you stopped contending for? Because Jesus paid for all of them with his blood. And in verse 3 of this passage, Jesus gives us the key to turning this around. Jesus gives us the key to beginning to allow hunger to be restored, for an appetite, for faith to rise, to contend for what he has paid for. And he says this, remember what you have received, remember what you have heard, and begin to obey it. Remember. 
Remember what you have received. Remember what you have heard and begin to apply it. Begin to obey it in your life. When you have a fresh memory in your heart and mind of what Jesus paid for in his body on the cross and what he has saved you from, what he has brought you into, it it should cause passionate love. It should cause passionate worship. It should cause righteousness in your life. You will be thankful. You you, you won't want to sin. You, You will want to see all that he paid for fully realized and you will want to tell others what he has done for them. But I think we often lose that freshness. All of this really comes back to the first message in this series about first love fire, about having that first love for the Lord where he is our first love, where we love him above all things. Remembrance is huge. When you remember things, you think of them, you ponder them, you meditate on them, you're considering them and contemplating them all the time, and you begin to believe them. Remembrance is a huge theme in Scripture. I want to give you a couple of my favorite Scriptures. Psalms 103, verses 2 and 3. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Forget not. Psalms 105, verse 4 and 5. Two of my favorites. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. Remembrance is so key. You want to know why this is how the devil works? Did God really say? Did it to Adam and Eve in the garden? Did God really say? He begins to creep in with doubt, with unbelief, trying to twist God's words. And if you don't remember his promises, you don't remember what his word says, you don't remember what he's told you, all of a sudden doubt creeps in. Acceptance and toleration of things that Jesus paid for sets in. Lack of hunger sets in. Spiritual apathy sets in. And all of a sudden you look like you're alive, but you're really dead. This is what happened to the Israelites. They saw all of the miracles in Egypt, the plagues that freed them, parting the Red Sea, walking through on dry ground. They saw manna fall from heaven in the desert. They saw quail come from heaven to feed their bellies. They saw a rock turn into a river. Think about it, a rock turning into a river of water in the desert. And it says this in Psalms 106, 13. They soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. I think this happens with us many, many times. But here's the good news. God always remembers. He always remembers. Psalms 105.8. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations. The only thing that God has asked us to forget is our past. Paul says, I forget which lies behind and I press toward what lies ahead. Forget your past because it's dead. You're a new creation in Christ. He paid for your past to die. He's washed it in his blood. He remembers your sins no more. And often we lose, hung- we lose hunger. We become apathetic because we remember our past. And the enemy comes in and he says, because, don't, don't you remember what you've done? Don't you remember that? Because of that, 
you're disqualified. God can't really use you. You can't really accomplish your purpose and destiny in this, in this earth. And you remember things that Jesus paid for that you aren't supposed to remember anymore, that he doesn't define you by. You need to remember the faithfulness of God in your life. You need to remember the testimonies that he has done in your life, the goodness of God, the miracles of God. You need to remember what he has done throughout his word, all the miracles in this book. You need to remember what he's done in the lives of other people around you and the testimonies of their lives because he is not a respecter of persons. If he can do it for them, he can do it for you. You need to remember what he's done because if he did it before, he will do it again. You need to get hungry. There needs to stir up inside of you a desperation and a hunger with this in mind. I will do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to see what Jesus paid for be real reality in my life. Lord, what do you want me to do? I will do whatever you tell me to do. He might tell you to fast and pray. Oh, you just said the F word in church. No fasting. Are you kidding me? He might ask you to do it multiple times throughout the year. Only water. He might ask you to take communion every day. We're going to do it in a moment. We do it about once a month. It's not enough. You need to do it every day. He might ask you to change your diet, to change how you eat. He might ask you to go see a doctor because God can heal through medicine. He might ask you to plead the blood of Jesus every day over your life, your family, your children, and everyone that you know. He might ask you to meet with pastors and leaders to disciple you, to counsel you, to bring deliverance in your life. Whatever he tells you to do, do it because in his word is the provision but you got to have a mindset. you got to have a hunger that says, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Whatever it takes, Lord. Okay, I want you to fast. Well, I, I can't really. Whatever it takes. Receive prayer as much as possible. Maybe you need to be prayed for until it happens. Every opportunity. Pray. Pray for me. Pray for me. Every opportunity. We're going to talk about communion for a moment before we jump into it. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul talks about communion. And he, he, he phrases what Jesus said to the disciples at the Last Supper. That whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And on that night, it says in, in verse 20. On verse 23 and 24, the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks. If you can come before the Lord in a place of remembrance and thankfulness for what he's done, no matter what you're facing, all of a sudden God can move powerfully in your situation, in your life. On the night that Jesus was going to be betrayed, abandoned, rejected, beat, tortured, and killed, he gave thanks. I think whatever you might be going through, if you can choose to be thankful in that, all of a sudden something will shift in your life. Psalms 23 says, he prepares a table before me 
and the presence of my enemies. There is a table that the Lord sets for you in the place of trial, in the place of suffering, and in the place of contending that is not comfortable, but if you will meet with him and commune with him, all of a sudden you can receive what he paid for in your life. In communion. Every time you take communion, you're reminding the devil he lost. Every time you take communion, you're reminding yourself of what Jesus paid for and that he has the victory. Every time. I take communion every day I'm not fasting. And I love it. It is not a religious tradition to me. It, it is not dead to me. It is life. And it is awesome. And I, some of you need to go on Amazon and buy the $25 pack of self-served communion that has this wonderful amazing gluten-free wafer that tastes like cardboard and you need to buy it for $25. There's a hundred of them and you need to take it every day. You need to take it multiple times a day until you see what you paid for to become reality. I want to give you recommendations for two books. The Power of Communion by Benny Johnson and The Power of the Blood by Maxwell White. Read those books. They will change your life. Jesus did not waste one drop of his blood. He did not waste one drop. Do you think Jesus wasn't serious about what he was doing and what he went through? And yet we tolerate things in our lives that he paid for. It's like someone telling you, you have a brand new car at the dealership waiting for you to pick up that is paid for, full tank of gas, a warranty, on it for five years that you don't have to pay for any maintenance for anything and the insurance is paid off for five years and you just stay at your house and you never go pick it up. You got to go pick up what he paid for. Don't stop. Let hunger arise in your heart to receive what his blood bought you. Let's all stand together. I'm going to do this quickly. If, if you're here and you know there's areas in your life that you have allowed apathy to come in and you have stopped contending for in faith and you have just had this mindset or accepted things, this is just the way it's going to be for the rest of my life and you know that God's speaking to you to repent and to begin to contend for those things afresh, I want you to raise your hand. He paid to break the power of sin. He paid to heal every sickness and every disease. He paid to break you out of poverty. He paid to change your life fully and completely. No depression, no anxiety, no worry. He broke every, the power of every addiction. And before we take communion, I want those of you who raised your hand just to begin to pray, to begin to repent. If you're here in this place and you know the Lord's spoken to you about areas in your life, maybe it's unforgiveness, you need to forgive someone. If there's areas of sin that you need to repent for, I want you to begin to repent right now. I, I want you to begin to ask the Lord to forgive you. I want you to begin to ask the Lord to wash you afresh in His blood. If you're not serious about it, if you're not willing to give it up, 
and give it fully to him. Don't take communion today. If you're not willing to forgive your, your brother, your sister, your family member, uh, someone in this room, don't take communion today. And in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, many of you are weak, sick, and dead among you because you have not discerned properly the body of the Lord. It's not just because people were living in sin and taking communion. It's not just because people weren't walking in forgiveness for one another in the body of Christ and taking communion. It's because they were not discerning what Jesus did in his body and the shedding of his blood on the cross. And they began to tolerate and accept things in their lives that they should not any longer. Today, we're going to discern his body accurately and properly. No compromise. No area of gray. Lord, you have all of us. And we won't stop contending. I'm going to pray and the ushers are going to begin to pass communion. We're going to go and do a song. I want to read this verse one more time just to get our hearts, our minds uh, ready to receive communion. Psalms 105. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he's pronounced. Lord, we give you our attention. We put our hearts fully on you. Lord, in this time, we come before you in thanksgiving. In this time, we come before you in remembrance of who you are, of what you've done. We celebrate you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name.
Lord, please light the fire. Oh Lord, please light the fire that once burned bright and clear. Replace the land of my first love that burns with that it's still being passed but I want to begin to talk about the elements for a moment the bread represents his body many times I believe we can understand and comprehend the cup of his blood but kind of not understand the bread Jesus did not have to go through the whipping post and be flogged and beaten in order to pay the price to save your soul so that you could go to heaven. But he went through that beating in his body for your healing, to make you whole. That in his body, he literally became sin and took the wrath of God so that you would not have to. He, took the, he became sin so that he would die in your place. That is what his body did for you. And so what I want to do, if you're here in this place and in your body, there's sickness, there's disease, you've been diagnosed with something. I want you to raise your hand. We want to pray for you. I believe that blood conditions, God wants to heal blood conditions. I believe he wants to take away arthritis. I believe he wants to take away diabetes. I believe he wants to take away migraines. He paid for it all. If there's someone near you with their hand raised, put your hand on them. Don't spill their juice. Gently put your hand on them and begin to pray for them as if you're praying for yourself. Pray for them as if you were them. Jesus, we thank you that in your body, you paid for our sicknesses. You paid for our diseases. You paid for our pain. We ask, Lord, for that reality to come right now in Jesus' name. For every sickness, every disease, all pain to go right now in Jesus' name. Every spirit of infirmity, go. You must bow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for healing. We thank you for our healing, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In his body, he paid the price to break the power of sin. To break the power of sin and addiction. Not just to remove your sin and forgive your sin, but to break its power so you don't have to sin. 
Second Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. First Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So Lord, we thank you for what you paid for. We thank you for what you've done. We receive now, Lord, your body, Lord, your righteousness, your purity. Lord, we receive your healing. God, make us whole, Lord, in our lives, in every area, emotionally, spiritually, physically. We thank you now. In Jesus' name, you may partake. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you are redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, so that your faith and hope are in God. His blood is uncontaminated. Uncontaminated by sin, sickness, anything else. It's the untainted, precious blood of Jesus. Only by His blood are we saved and redeemed. Only by His blood. And there is divine power in the blood of Jesus. I can't fully help you logically understand this, but it is real. The devil can't stand and hates the blood of Jesus. He can't stand and can't tolerate the name of Jesus. He hates the word of God. These are your weapons. He, these are your weapons. Praise, thanksgiving, worship, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and God's word are your weapons. The devil can't touch them. He hates them. You need to walk in your priestly responsibility as adults, as moms and dads in your homes to plead the blood of Jesus over yourself and over your home and your family every day. Over everything that God has stewarded to you, I plead the blood of Jesus over this house every day. Can't explain it, there's power in the blood of Jesus. So I want, what I want you to do for a moment is to begin to plead the blood of Jesus over you, over your family, especially those of you who have family who don't know the Lord, especially those family who are prodigals who've walked away from the Lord. Plead the blood of Jesus over them. Call them into the kingdom. Call them back into the house of God. Call them back into relationship with the Lord. Call them into knowing God in a real and intimate way. Plead the blood of Jesus. Lord, we plead your blood. I plead the blood of Jesus over this house, over every person in this place, over every person who calls the Promise Church home. 
Lord Jesus, we plead and stand on your blood, your uncontaminated, precious blood. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for washing us. Oh, Lord, we thank you for healing us. Oh, Lord, we thank you for what you paid for. And we thank you for safety, for provision, for protection. And, Lord, we thank you for drawing those back into your sheepfold who have wandered away. Lord, we thank you for family members coming to know you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, God, for the prodigals returning home. Lord, we won't stop praying. We won't stop contending. We won't stop believing until it becomes reality, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for what you paid for. We thank you, Jesus, for your precious blood. We take this now in remembrance of you. We take this now in remembrance of what you've done and the blood of the new covenant who makes us whole and makes us righteous. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may partake. We're going to go back into this song just for a moment. Just begin to praise Him. Just begin to thank Him. Begin to say, Lord, I thank You for what, who You are, what You've done, what You're going to do. Lord, I thank You for the things that I've prayed for, that they're going to become reality. Lord, we worship You in this place. We love You. We give You all praise and thanks. In Jesus' mighty name. Your face. 